Well, this is the deep end. How deep is the water in the deep end? It probably gets deeper than the FFPC main event. For me, that is new depth. And for Adam, he's been there. For our guest tonight, he maybe has been there many, many times. Deep is relative. Tonight, we're going to talk strategy for the main event and the Football Guys Championships and more here on the deep end. What I meant was that my purchase of a main event team today was my first. Adam has played in this tournament for years, and the guilds for as long or longer, that's what I was going for, Adam. I got it. I read it loud, loud and clear. So what, is it, what does it feel like? I forgot what that feels like, the first, the first main event team. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, what is – what are you feeling right now? Do you have any stories? What was the experience like? Did you – did you sit down with like a nice glass of wine, maybe a bottle of wine? Did you, you know, talk to the computer? Like, well, what was it like? Well, that would have been dangerous because then I could have ended up buying a few. That, pack, <laughs> that package deal at the discount was That's not right. that far away. A few clicks away. A few clicks away. But you and I are going out there. It'll be my first time out there for fantasy. And so this has been sort of planned. But to push the button was, uh, you know, you got to make sure, make sure it's the right date and time and that you're really up for it. I mean, I'm going, so I'm, as they say, pot committed. Yes. But then I got home and I'm like, oh, I, I, I thought maybe we had discussed this here. I think maybe we have, but maybe not in such specific terms. But I mentioned uh, at home that I purchased a main event team and my wife said, what does that mean? <laughs> so it's just, well, we're going to be out in Vegas. So, um, you know, that's what we're going for to draft a main event team. And she said, how much is that? I said, $2,100. And she said, that's one team. And it was a whole new, the, the, the chill, the <laughs> icicles started to form on the, on the pantry doors. Uh, the wind sort of blew through the room. And that was like five minutes ago. So we will have to continue that conversation after the show, but now I've told you, so it's official, official. You survived. Wait, so so hold on a minute. Let me backtrack. So your wife knew you were going to Vegas, but didn't didn't know why. Well, she knows or knew the general basics of it. Sure. I'm going to I'll be doing my WGR show from there. Yeah. I'll be working with you from there. Yeah. And you know, there'll be a couple of drafts plus the bare knuckle challenge. Oh, so yeah. um, you know, I guess this the the number, the number was what caused the temperature shift. Yeah, no, I know. Well, well, you're a big card collector too, right? I mean, she's got to be used to these uh, oh, to these so, lavish purchases. Come on. So right. So right. Just big <laughs> dollars. See my gold chains and everything. Like that's that's the life that that she has grown accustomed to. Yeah, not really. I mean, I have a good collection and had used to have a better one, but um, no, usually the big money you, you tread carefully. I think uh, this is pretty typical. You tread carefully when it comes to the big dollar events. And it, you know, it sounds like, I think to a lot of people for right or wrong, it sounds like uh, you're putting that money on red or black and the spin of a wheel. And this is, you know, the best competition. Yes. As we have come to know personally through this show, it's like the very best competition is there for that. So I think, you know, it's time for me to test what I've learned and, 
I just want to see what happens. I mean, any one team you draft, there's a lot of randomness in it, but I look forward to the, uh, the effort. Do you have uh, any thoughts on early thoughts on draft position, what you'd like to see? Um, you know, good question. Not, I hadn't had any, I hadn't given that any thought yet, but I just did a best ball super flex FFPC draft from the one Oh one. Okay. And I loved it. Okay. I love how, I love how it went that, that, so two quarterbacks and it's tight end premium, of course. So that draft was McCaffrey, which is the law at one Oh one. Although, you know, super flex doesn't have to be, but I did, I did that anyway. And then it was, I ended up with two quarterback. Oh, third round reversal. Oh, Maybe? okay. Does that, that sound right? That does not, not sound right. Not, not FFPC. I'm going to go look. Okay. Okay. Yep. No, I I'll like it. it. <laughs> not- all right. So, all right, Adam. 101 McCaffrey, 212 yep. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's uh, super. Yeah. Super, super flex. Right. Wide receiver yeah. one in the draft, pick 24. Yeah. Uh, 301 Burrow. Yes. And then four or five, I went two tight ends, six, seven, two quarterbacks, and the rest of it running back and receiver till almost the end. Yeah. I, I really, I really like how that went. Hawkinson and Andrews at four or five. Yeah. And then Darnold and Fitzpatrick at six, seven. Yeah. And the rest, your, your Curtis Samuels and James Robinsons and Batemans and Hendersons and Madisons. Yeah, that's right. Those are those, those are all the guys. That's, that's yeah. all. You, yeah, no, it's good with um, the you know. So we, we talked about the FF, you know, the football guys championship and the trap of picking from the one hole and taking McCaffrey. Uh, the cool thing about the main main event though is there just there aren't ten thousand teams in the main event. So I think it's a little easier to go with a McCaffrey and then whatever kind of build you want to make, whether it's four straight receivers or three running backs or whatever, because I don't think it, it's it's that big of a – again, there aren't 10,000 teams where you're going to have to worry about 100 people making the same roster you are. So I think if you get the one the 101, I think it's okay to build it any way that you want to. So, um, you know, I think that that's exciting. I think you find out – I think we find out what it is – um, I think at the end of the end of July, I think they they let it out. Um, so you'll 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 know with, with about a month to go, um, and good. Uh, and then we'll and then we can then we can really do some do some do some prep pods. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe that's not the best position, but it it seems like it should be the best position with third round reversal, like in the fishbowl. That you know is a different a different lift for one hundred and one yeah. and. I know there are people who still think it's the best spot. Really, what I've come to learn through this is it's it's about you know tiers, of course. But where 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 do you get into trouble with what's left at a position most of the time? And in a two quarterback league, that's quarterback or tight end premium. It depends on where you I think break up your tight end groups. You just don't want to get stuck. And if you're drafting on the end. You have, you're sort of aware of that. You're cognizant of the fact that that, that possibility exists if there's a yeah. run at your position. So it seemed like it was more important to build around what kind of what positions at what stages of the draft and then fit in who's available to you as you do that. Really, that, yeah. that became defined with Hawkinson and Andrews at yes. four or five. I thought once I did that, I was going to be done at tight end for almost the rest of the thing. And yes. I, I turned out to like how that felt. Yeah. Yep. And that's, and that's the most important thing. Like 
it's your it's, it's it's your team. Like people say, oh, the ADP and then this. If you take a guy and it doesn't feel right, then he belongs in a different tier because you don't want to be drafting guys that you don't think are, are, are right or in the right spot or whatever. So that's where this practice comes in here. At this time of year, you're practicing, you're taking guys, and you know what? That didn't that felt early, that felt late, whatever. You really want to um, be be happy with your squad, especially when you're dropping two, two grand on it. So there's the $35 level, then there's the main event, $2,000 level. In between, you have that Football Guys Championship. Last week, we talked about a draft we did together for the Football Guys Championship at FFPC. And our guest tonight, who is joining us now, was in that draft. Much ballyhooed the Guilds. Although, my first interaction with the Guilds was, I think he didn't like that draft and was was uh, sort of critical of himself there on, on Twitter after that draft, but... We know he's been very successful in these tournaments. The Guilds, I'm Mike Shope, Adam Krautwurst. I think you know. Welcome to the deep end. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, fellas. So that we're just talking about the Memorial Day draft. You were at 12, and if I remember right, you were sort of upset with yourself. What about the 12 spot in these things? Is that generally a place you want to be or not really? <clears throat> this year, no, I'm not really a fan of the, of the 12 hole, only because you're going to start off running back you're going to start off behind the pack right you want the top one and two obviously and then even the early get the kamaras the barclays i feel like when you're at 12 you're going to be behind the pack whether you're taking two running backs there a uh, wide receiver running back, you're just going to be fall behind the pack so i don't like it as much this year as in years past but uh yeah if i have my preference is obviously one two um and then somewhere in the middle i would say so what you want to do then i think the instinct is find areas where you can sort of zag right if everybody else is going to be taking running backs then you want the two tight ends or two wide receivers or some different strategy and that can leave you a little bit too short sometimes yeah and plus the running backs i'm not really loving at the three four turns so if you go wide receiver wide receiver there you know you're left chasing that running back now a guy like miles sanders falls to the three four turn you know that changes my story i'm very high on him this year but uh yeah i mean from the 12 you're seeing a lot of the, you know the the digs hill grab running back running back or tight end you know it's very you know there's not much you could do from the 12 in that respect you know well so tell me about uh yeah tell me about um the running back situations or the three four you don't like that but miles sanders talk to me more about him because i'm i was on him you know probably a month or so ago uh but i haven't gotten you know i just haven't gotten a good vibe uh, why, why, why do you love him? Cause I'm certainly in Well, you maybe don't love him, but why do you like him in, in, in the third round? Yeah. I just, I love the whole Philly offense. I feel like they're super undervalued, whether it's miles hurts. I can talk about later. Uh, Devonte Smith, uh, Goddard. I feel like every Philly piece, um, Gainwell as well. I mean, every single piece is going way cheaper than I feel like they should. Um, I feel like last year, the, you know, the offensive line was in shambles in Philly. Uh, Sanders, we've seen what he could do in space. He's electric. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of recency bias. So people see, you know, the poor finish. They drafted Gainwell and everything. So they're kind of steering clear of Sanders. He's going mid fourth and he's, I'm grabbing him every draft I can mid fourth. I've even seen late fourth in some of these. I'm like, I mean, that's a free swear, I think. Yeah, that's that's crazy. If he's going mid fourth, I haven't seen him get that far. Well, sometimes I'm taking him mid third. That's probably why. But yeah, I think he's one of those, those, uh, prototypical post-hype sleepers, right? Like a bunch of people loved him last year. I wasn't on him at, in the middle of the first, 
But man, in the middle of the third, I just think that whole Philly offense, the whole Philly team was just a disaster last year, right? Yeah. So you get a fresh start, new quarterback, um, new, coach, you know, new head coach, new head coach, yeah. new everything. Lost last year. I like yep. Sirian. He's going to put in a whole new offense. I'm very bullish on the entire Philly offense. I like that. Some of, so yeah, is especially when you're talking value, right? Nobody in that offense is getting hyped really, except for Hertz. But I think there's maybe what explains that would be there's an underlying, I don't want to say bias against him. Like, it doesn't have to be wrong, but. Like as a quarterback, there's still a resistance, I think, about a guy like that. You know, not a marquee pick, somebody who was effective in college, but we're still watching the league evolve and seeing more guys like that be successful. It, it leads me to want to sort of give the benefit of the doubt to those players, especially in fantasy. Justin Herbert taught a lesson, even though he and he was a top ten pick. Right. Yeah. But Hertz is somebody who I think overall wasn't supposed to succeed. And man, he has a great opportunity that's ahead of schedule. I like the logic behind this, the Philadelphia argument. Yeah, he, he's one of my favorite targets. I mean, he's going around eight, nine in these FPGs. Uh, he's got the rushing floor. Um, he reminds me a lot, not the throwing, but just a pocket awareness of Russell Wilson. He knows when to escape. He gets those yards he needs. He'll run out of bounds, avoid big hits. Um, I love everything about the kid. I think I think he's a, a superstar, and I feel like he's being way too undervalued. So if I see him round eight, people I've drafted him around seven the other day, and people are like, "What, what is he doing?" You know, I don't care. But um, <laughs> he's going eight, nine in these in these FPGs. I'm grabbing him a lot. Uh, Gainwell late, Devonte Smith too. That's another guy. Why is he going four rounds after Chase? I can make an argument. He's going in a vacuum. I might prefer Devonte Smith over Chase. Who has a better route to 130 targets, Chase or Devontae Smith? The, so side, the, the size is scaring people, right? He's 166 pounds. You know, people get scared off by that. He's gonna be, he's gonna be good. Yeah, Very I want to unpack. I want to unpack all that. So, um, Hertz reminds me a lot of uh, fantasy wise, ADP wise, league winning upside like Josh Allen, exactly. like Lamar Jackson the year before that, like Patrick Mahomes the year before that. It's all yep. those mobile quarterbacks you get in the ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th round that pop for top three finishes that win a ton of money. Look at a last year, won the football guys with Josh Allen. Look, the main event winner won the football guys with Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson won us all a ton of money the year before that. Uh, Mahomes. So all those, those quarterbacks that blow up in the eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th round, those are the guys to, to draft. To go back to Devonta Smith, I'm not going to argue that he doesn't have a better chance at 130 targets, but I will say is, to me, I think uh, 130 targets, maybe 110 targets from Burrow might be better than 130 targets from from Hertz. Um, I don't have any like F, you know. Uh, is that worth four rounds though? Difference in ADP? Not, sure. Not no, I get it. I totally. I'll take I totally. Smith in round seven and eight every day over Chase in round four. Yeah, I'm not taking Chase in round, round four either. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point with the with the mobile quarterbacks, I made it a point last year to draft the Dax, Kyler's, uh, Russ. Even this year, I will not draft a quarterback if he doesn't run. Every <laughs> one of my drafts, they're all Kyler, Dak, Mahomes. I'm taking every rushing quarterback. I'm not going to take a quarterback that doesn't run. And that's why Hurts appeals to me, too, because he's kind of on that island. After that first tier, even the second tier guys are off, everyone was like, all right, who's going to take Hurts? I'll take him. Thank you. Do, does Trevor Lawrence make that cut for you? He does. I, I don't have any shares yet, but yeah, he's definitely someone I could see. 
you know, with that rushing floor, they're going to defenses doesn't look good. There'll be a lot of shootouts. So yeah, I'm just a little higher on Hertz, I think at this point, but yeah, I mean, it would not surprise me at all if, if we saw, if we saw him exceed, especially yeah, there's, one. there's enough there. Did, did Jalen Rager make your list of Eagles? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing a lot of pairing with Rager Gainwell. I'm trying to get some secondary pieces, you know, that are kind of going under radar um, and pairing with the, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, even Sanders, I'm pattern Sanders and Gainwell. I think Gainwell is going to be uh, a standalone piece. He's going to offer flex value, I think, during the year as well. I'll, people are sleeping way too much on that kid because I think because of his draft capital, they're like, I was he a fifth, sixth round pick? So, like, uh, I don't think he's going to be a big part of the offense. But uh, yeah, I see him being, you know, a good pass catching option. You know, someone's going to get you eight to 10 points weekly. And maybe if Sanders goes down, you know, obviously the ceiling is, is through the roof. That, that draft capital point is an interesting point to me, especially when I think about Michael Carter with the Jets, because it just feels like there should be, and there's certainly a movement in this direction toward waiting on running back, right? We have, we've heard the whole, you know, the whole campaign about avoiding running backs in the first round for NFL teams. They start to do it, and you saw this year maybe the manifestation of that. You saw only Trey Sermon – and then that sec that day two of the draft was almost devoid of running backs. So conventionally, you go well. The guys on day three, good luck. I mean, you're going to have to get lucky. But maybe teams have shifted. Maybe the Jets and the Eagles are a couple of teams that are like, well, it doesn't matter when we drafted these guys. We believe in them just the same and are confident in giving Carter and Gainwell and the like uh, a real look. Absolutely, you saw it even the year prior with uh, Jonathan Taylor and Swift. I mean, these guys, they're first round caliber running backs but teams aren't willing to invest that capital, you know, that high in the draft. So, you know, what's a fourth or fifth round running back today was probably a second, third right. round pick, you know, four or five years ago. So it's just changing in the game really. But to me, that's why it helps the fantasy guys, you know, that, that know and can watch some of the film and study these guys can spot that talent and then take it at a discount. So, one question I had for you guys here, we're the deep end and we're talking about some of the like, deep dive sort of strategies and and keys to winning in these big money leagues when you're playing for high stakes. I'm curious about, so as a rel relatively new at it, how much information do I really need to have about what's going on in other drafts in the same tournament? So I can figure out how I want to build my team, tiers, strategies, all kinds of things like that when it's me against 11. But and I know the difference between sort of tournament strategy and say a, like a regular twelve-team league. But what I don't have figured out yet is, do I need fantasy mojo? Do I need what I can gleam off guys like yourself? This is what is happening over in these other. Here's the ADP. Here's what's going on in these other drafts. Here are the stacks that are popular, so that I can figure out whether to do that or avoid them. Whether it's stacks or just any kind of pairings like that. That's what I want to figure out next is. Like, how much research and time do I need to invest in what else is going on in my tournament? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And I think you, you touched on something there with the stacks. I mean, this I've never seen anything like this before. People are stack mad right now. They need to find that stack, um, some to an extent where you just don't want to go. Like I've seen people stacking four to five guys on one team. And if you're playing the FFPC, you know, you know the, the, the championship rounds, a three-week sprint, you're not going to see a mega stack go bananas for three weeks straight. Those those builds don't work well 
and I see it time and time again. And I don't know if they think it's like a one-game kind of DFS shootout tournament, but over a three-week sprint, you can't have four or five you know player stacks on one team. It can help you get to that point, but we're, you're not going to see one of those teams go crazy for three straight. They're going to have one dud. They might have two insane weeks. It only takes the one dud. You know, unless you're a beep, and then you get the the stack that actually works, and then everybody's happy. He wins it three years in a row. You know, that's right. He'll and be plus, the first guy, he'll be the first guy to take it down with a six player stack. Well, 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 well not only that, but two <laughs> years in a row, he's had a zero in his lineup yeah, for the two, like insane. Yeah, the the light is shining on that on that guy for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, um, it, it's really that it's insane. And he's such a humble guy. I listen to him. He's a great lot. guy. Great guy. Yeah, the fact that he, we're never going to see anything like that ever. Again. No, nothing close. No, even top five finishes is like impossible. Is take it down like that? It's crazy. Yeah, man. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. So like, so and plus, I don't do enough. Well, I don't want to say I don't do enough, but some people do a lot more than me. I'd be interested to ask you, Gills, how many how many football guys you plan on doing this year? But I do normally around around twenty f- football guys and. Um, you know, and I get the whole thing. Like I'm sure you've heard Abib talk about the, the the trap at the 101 of taking McCaffrey and four straight receivers at ADP or, or even four straight players at ADP there because, you know, uh, Fantasy Mojo has this thing called the Stack Finder. I, I don't know if yeah. you, you use that either, but oh, yeah. um, it's just you know, I'm not going to get the 101 very very much. So when I do it, I want to build the team the way I want to build it, regardless of how the other you know. I don't know how many drafts there are, a couple thousand drafts, how, how they've done it, you know? So, um, but I think it is important to know that like, like last year, for example, it was, it was, uh, it was the, the Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews stack at the, at the, at the one-on-one and everybody had that stack. Yeah. So uh, I think it's a little more versatile this year because there's so many, uh, you know, some running backs are falling. Sometimes it's CEH, sometimes it's Swift, sometimes it's two receivers. I don't think it'll be that um, common, uh, as far as the, the one-on-one, but I've seen people not take, I think you were in a draft recently where something where you got McCaffrey at the one Oh two. If I'm, if I'm not. Yeah. That was the last mistake. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's crazy to, to not take McCaffrey at the one-on-one just because you're trying to get diverse or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it's important, Mike, to, to kind of uh, have your, to be constantly looking at drafts, constantly looking at ADP using that stack finder on fantasy mojo. But I think if you're only going to do three drafts or six drafts, just go get your guys and just, you know, there's so much that changes. Injuries, waivers, you know, you might pick up a guy that no one else picks up that's you know, that has the same team as you. So yeah, one thing I'll say too is not to cut you off there, but no, it's good. You know, it might, if you are, you know, a, a mess or a volume play or something, you might want to take a little variety at one guy, you know, let's go, you go CMC at one, right? When you come back at two three, maybe take McLaurin and C D Lamb. Because they're right. always going end of three, right? Yep. So you're not gonna see a lot of combos with CMC and Terry uh, and C D Lamb. Very few actually, right? Because their DPs yep. are like stuck in mud right now. I don't think I've ever seen I've done a ton of these already. I haven't seen them go once at the turn. So and they're they could be top five receivers, right? I mean, so you just kinda you're not taking something, you know, off the wall pick there. Right, but you're gonna you're gonna make it a little more you know unique in that respect. Yeah, your first pick will be the same, and your bottom picks might be a lot alike because you have your favorites when you get late in the draft. But the you know B C right. level, the you know, upper middle to middle is where yeah. you can really vary it. That makes sense. 
I just don't want to, I guess this is a good problem. If I have a really successful team and then I take a time, take a minute to look it up in the middle of the season. And I thought, Oh, 1700 other people did the same thing. That's good. <laughs> you know, I guess we're like, where, where's the best place to have variants? If there is a best place, would you want to have someone at the top or maybe at the bottom? I and mean, how many guys in the bottom are really making a big impact yeah, it, it, Colin, I, yeah, I mean, a lot of everyone's taking the same guys rounds one through four, even up through six. It's those middle rounds where you might want to jump ADP a couple of rounds. You might want to switch it off. And uh, those are the picks that you really got to hit, I think, to make that noise come championship rounds late in the season. Right. You mm-hmm. want to hit that that rookie running back in round 11 or 12 that blows up and maybe is a flex piece for you. You know, not your main running back, of course, but. Whoever, you know, you got to hit on those middle round targets. Everyone's going to have a great top four or five rounds. But, yeah, it's who, you know, hits in those middle and late rounds, really. That's kind of what separates teams, I think. So you really do have to play for the, the tournament, though, right? Any tournament format, if you're not playing for that, you're just you're just limiting your potential. Because, actually, as the money gets bigger in these leagues that I'm starting to play in, the idea of just winning that league seems really great. Like, if I, if I didn't have any – potential in a tournament you know okay well i will take that but still that that that's just not going to work you, ha- you have to shoot you have to shoot big to make it worth doing yeah i mean i was uh i was talking to somebody about about this actually where he had the one pick right you have cmc he's got a buy, a buy in week 13 and i was telling him i wouldn't be opposed to taking you know uh, uh Devante if he lasted to the corner there and then who's the other, uh who's the other i can't think of uh or aj brown all three have week 13 buys, but I want to, you know, I play a lot of leagues. So I'm willing to sacrifice and I don't even think I'd sacrifice because I think I'll still win somehow. You know, <laughs> people think, oh, I can't take a week 13 buy. Oh, God, it's the playoffs. You could find a way to do it just because you don't have one of your top few picks. Now, top three picks. I mean, that's I'm pretty much conceding the playoffs, I think, in that point. But if you have one guy, even two, I don't think it's a death knell by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Well, I, not, I, see, I see a lot of guys that are concerned. They look too much at the bye weeks. You got you got to play for for the for the big championship here. You know, so much of the money is going to that ultimate prize. You know, you shouldn't be that concerned with bye weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then not only that, it's like if you're a top two team in the league, you're going anyways to the to the exactly. to the playoff right. to the to I'm the big for, money playoffs. That's what I say. I'm playing for the two seed in right. the tournament. That's what I'm doing. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So it doesn't even matter. And again. You know, the because the payout for the league for the football guys isn't even that that much. You know, it's it basically pays first and second. I think it's fifteen hundred to first, five hundred to second. So that isn't really what you're what, what you're playing for. You're playing for to get into the big dance and play for that for for the half million. So yeah, I would yeah if you could pull off that type stack, um, if AJ Brown slipping and and that type stuff. So and a lot's going to change too. August. Once August hits and camp hits and injuries happen and news happens, I mean, I can guarantee you just the uh, – I haven't drafted in the last – probably in a, in a week, but that Michael Carter that I've been talking about, I guarantee you his stock is going to go up around in the next week week oh, yeah. or so. You know, So um, just news and, and injuries is going to change ADP around drastically. Yeah, sorry, real quick. I, I had a buddy who used to play in this, uh, and he was set up as the – I think it was the, the one seed or something – but he purposely lost the last week of the playoff or of the regular season because he wanted to face the guy that was going to be in the two seed to advance because he thought, was he had a better chance 
against that team. I'm sorry, sorry, he was a whatever he was, he dropped down a seed so he could play the team, a different team in the playoffs because he yep. had a better chance to beat them to get into the. Sorry, it was a he dropped from three to four, I think it was because okay. he had a better chance to beat the one seed. And he ended up winning the league after that. But it's just, you know, to whatever gets right. get you in the dance, essentially. That's right. That's right. It's what yeah. it's all about. Yeah, he he gave up he gave up money early to try to make money late, make yep. more money late. Yeah, for sure. It's a great story if it pays off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But you got to take some risks here. Well, I feel like this has gone well. Is it safe to bring up Adabelter Mondesi around um, you? Or can, yeah, we, no. can, we not do, can we not do that? I mean, I, honestly – I hate to say it, it helps me because I'm a big, you know, I play fantasy baseball as well. I have a lot of teams there. So I only have one share of him. So this happening to him, it was actually one of my better teams, but I mean, it helps more than it hurts, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah. want to see that happen. And, you know, he's one of my favorite players fantasy wise. So it sucks to see that. No, you take a guy that, as you tweeted about today, with so much invested in him and just cannot stay on the field, then he comes back and everybody's just going to push him in. But I don't know. It's here we go again yeah, with him. So uh, it's awful. And injuries are a big part of it. The one thing I haven't been is it's a big team, and yeah, I'm I'm fading in the steals big time. So yeah, that's probably a season ender. What's your more uh, maybe? What's your favorite or much? What are you more successful at? Because I know you play a lot of high stakes fantasy baseball too, and high stakes football. Like, what do you do? You like one better than the other? Are you better at one, or or is it all pretty much the, the same? Uh, I'm probably yes. Uh, <laughs> Equal in both, I, you know, I I put a lot of effort into both sports. Like last year, I took down I was second overall in the NFBC. I took down the, the online championship. I saw that. Almost, yeah, so that was a nice score. But yeah, I like them both. I think to the challenge also with baseball and football, as baseball is running into September, you know, into September and football. That's why I can't. I can only do so many teams. Right. I have all my waiver wires and baseball still going on for a month. So, right. I got to balance it. It's not easy to, especially no. in the season. No, no. Well, they but say that that's an edge, isn't it, for those who can stay focused and keep grinding at baseball? Because people who are playing both have a tough time yeah. keeping up. Yeah, like football to me is like vacation mode compared to baseball. I mean, it's a grind. Six months daily. Like you're, you got to be on top of the news, everything. You yeah. know, football. You got one game per week, two games maybe. You know, it's yeah. It's it's not it's that plus it can sometimes be like all day on a given day. Yeah. games are you know today five o'clock not too bad but staggered throughout the day and those midweek games were getaway day and that where you know somebody's being activated for from the bullpen and just you're just scrambling all the time. It really does feel like it's all the time. Plus, it's, it's pretty much a puzzle of baseball, right? So you got to balance. It's ten categories, so you're constantly analyzing your team, seeing where you're weak, where you're strong, and you constantly got to play the waiver wire, increase, you know, your chances here and there. Football, just give me points. You know, it's points. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I appreciate you being here for that conversation because if I had done that baseball without you here, Adam would have just click, cut me off, and we would <laughs> like, did he say, I, I thought I heard him say Raul Mondesi. That's uh, that's what I heard. I it's his son, is it his son, isn't it, maybe? Yeah. So yeah. You, you, were, you were right there, Adam. <laughs> All right. The Guilds, we'll see you online. Will we see you in Vegas? Uh, it's still up in the air. It's, po it's possible I'll be out there, though. Um, Let's right. go. Come on. 
Yeah, I gotta make my, my way out there and stuff. People don't think like I'm ever seen, like people wanna see my face. Well, you, you know, you can see my face now on here, so. That's right. <laughs> I got this shiny, like the, the cue ball too, the lights. I'm like sweating under the lights here. That's <laughs> right, that's right. All right, well, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, I'm sure I'm gonna see you both in leagues moving forward, so good luck to you guys. Thank you, very nice to know you and good luck this year. Appreciate it, thanks. All right, the guilds. Thanks, everybody. Guilds. Just guilds on Twitter, no the, sort of like Foo Fighters. <laughs> Is there a the or not? But uh, great to have him on. Yeah, he's he's excellent. He's one of the guys I'm always following and trying to learn from because he does a ton of you know a ton of drafts. He's he's been super successful in baseball and successful in football, and so it's been. Uh, he's a guy you definitely want want to follow. Um, he's always giving out. You know, he doesn't hold. He doesn't pull any any punches. Uh, when he's talking about teams, and he'll always give you his his honest opinion. So he's a, he's a great guy to to kind of bounce stuff off of too. So, well, it's where it gets intimidating for me is thinking about how much I need to know from what's going on outside of my own leagues, and that's what that's what tournament life really is, though. So, um, you know, I'm I'm excited about it, but there's a there's a, so much to take in, and eventually you got to figure out what to choose, you know, what to make time for, and whatnot. What's the noise and and what really matters. So that, yes. that continues to be a work in progress, to use a cliche. All right, let's talk about one team, at least it's on my mind, and then talk about guys who might be turning into our favorites as we go through the offseason at the end of drafts. Maybe there are guys that we're finding that we like, but people don't, which can be good as long as you're right. <laughs> uh, but before we do that, Indianapolis. So, Adam, you know a lot. Who led? Who led the Colts last year in targets? No. Oh. Um. Was it uh, was it Naheem Hines? He was second. Oh God. Um. If you're going to say Zach Pascal next, he was third. Oh, I was not going to say third. Zach Pascal. Uh, God, that's I don't know who who was it. T.Y. Hilton. I was Hilton. I was. I didn't. Couldn't think it was Hilton. No. Right. Like because what's the deal with T.Y. Hilton? Is he done? Right. You know, just tough to play last year. It was good against Houston, but too often you just didn't really have a, a you know use for him. He was first on the Colts and targets. He is still there. So is Hines, and I suppose so is Pascal. Then you have Michael Pittman, who was a top draft pick of theirs the year before. Trey Burton, who was off the team, Jonathan Taylor, and Mo Cox, Jack Doyle, eventually down to Paris Campbell, who had nine targets in his two games last year, but he has a chance to be relevant this year. What are you doing with Indianapolis? Carson Wentz, good running backs. Even Marlon Mack is back there. The Pittman draft capital. Campbell as well if you need him. Hilton's still there. Tight end. Kyler mm-hmm. Granson is a new name there. It feels like a team where there should be value at tight end, given the quarterback's history, the coach's history. But this team is a is a riddle. Yeah, it's it's a riddle. I've honestly haven't. I don't think I've drafted a single piece of the receiving game yet. This so far, maybe I've got you know something in like a thirty five dollar. But but I got to be honest. Every time I see Michael Pittman, I'm trying to see where where he goes in these drafts. Uh, but every every time I see him, so he goes in the ninth in the, in the middle of the ninth round. Uh, every time I see him, I 
cue him up. I, f- I feel like, and I he, he intrigues me. You know, they spent I think a second round pick on him last year, um, and um, he was a guy that I kind of liked going into. Uh, I thought he was kind of undervalued, and you know, and and maybe just not having that that off season with uh, uh, with with Rivers and being able to kind of build that that way as, as a rookie. I think that might have hurt him last year. But you know, he's six four. He's a huge target. He's smooth. Um, he tested as an, uh, I think an 86th percentile FC at the, at the combine. So he's, he's athletic. He's tall. He's big. I think he's one of those receivers that can kind of come out of nowhere in the ninth, 10th, 11th round. and can make that jump then. And he, it's not like a sexy name. It's not a sexy pick, but he's the only guy that I'm really, that I'm really looking at in the passing game as far as pa- pass catchers. I mean, I'll take Naheem Hines. I do have some of him, but I don't consider him like a, uh, like a receiver, obviously there, but I've, I've taken him. If, if I'm going zero RB, I'll take him later on just to kind of get a nice floor there at the running back position. Cause you know, he's going to, he's going to catch the ball a bunch, but Pittman's the receiver that I'm targeting. If I am, I would like to get some shares of him uh, before some good news co- comes out about him. Um, I know you're kind of a T.Y. Hilton guy. I know you, I know you, you were last year, but um, Pittman, <laughs> Pittman's the guy Um and you're and you're laughing probably because you only talked about him one time, but maybe I, maybe yeah, I, don't, I don't I don't know that I'm a Ty Hilton guy. I mean I, I've liked the player, but last year he was tough. Still, like who among these guys is sort of overhyped? Nobody, Nobody. unless unless maybe Pittman. Like he is he has a chance. At least he has a chance of that, which is only to say that there's interest in him. But the tight ends, I mean, like Doyle. I asked a friend today, like, why isn't Jack Doyle getting drafted at all in some of these? And my friend said, it's his name. And I said, what do you mean, like, it's his name? You mean that, like, what he's meant as a fantasy player in other years? Like, no, just his name is a deal breaker or something. Like, hmm, I'm still I'm still a little confused. He has been decent or even good at times in his career for fantasy. And Burton is gone. So, you know, in that, in that playoff game, uh, all the tight ends were – used and were relevant in that game now different quarterback but yes somewhere in there is some good value because they'll throw enough you know they didn't I know Jonathan Taylor and their running back their running game reputation but they didn't acquire Carson Wentz to just hand the ball off in the same way that the Titans didn't trade for Julio Jones to just be a decoy you know you you want to assume some level of commitment to those players and that includes Wentz you yep. know, throwing the ball for 4,000 yards or some number for Indianapolis. So who who gets those points? I like Campbell, and I guess part of that inherent to this whole point is that he is very affordable, you know. And, and, and Pittman, there's a little bit of a little bit of a price to pay for him. And Hilton on name, I think Hilton could be good, but with his age, Campbell, a second-round pick himself, lost a year to injury. I think he's really interesting and, and he ends up fitting into the next category as somebody that I like, you know, in these drafts and can almost always find my way to him because there's just this confusion about Indianapolis and these other options that people seem to like more. Yeah, I think I think you're obviously they didn't bring Wentz to hand off the ball. They're going to have an elite off- offensive line, something Wentz is, I think has like has had in years, maybe since his last good year. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I could see somebody there once they got a big arm, someone there is going to do something. Obviously we just don't know really who it is. Now it's a nice little late best ball stack option. You can get them all, 
you know, um, but I do think they're going to run the ball a bunch. So I don't, I don't think there's going to be a ton of passing volume there, but I, uh, to me, it's Pittman. I think he's got the high ceiling Campbell. Yeah. Paris Campbell's uh, I, can't, I can't even find him on this, on this list here, but exactly as, as far as where he goes. Um, but yeah, no, he's a guy, again, he can, he can pop to um, former second round pick. It's right. And I think, well, I think the problem with Jack Doyle, like, 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 like your friend said, he sounds like a 1940s boxer, like an Irish boxer or something. If his name was, if his name was Quintez Cephas, he'd be going in the th- 13th round. You have all these drafts, you know? Yes. So yes. I, th- I think that's it for sure. About time we do a 1940s boxer draft on one, one of these shows. <laughs> on WGR, do it. <laughs> Maybe. It's probably, it's probably due to happen. So when I suggest we talk about, whatever it is, however you put it, late round targets, players that, yeah. you know, you're, you're drafting enough where you're noticing pretty frequently. I am, I like this player and seemingly nobody else does. It's almost surprising when he gets chosen at all. Does anybody come to mind for you? Like who, who might be that player for you? Yeah. You know, I've got a couple and, and I don't know. I don't think it's that deep as whether he gets chosen also. I kind of went like for me in my mind, it was like the 15th round and later uh, in these, in these, these drafts. Cause um, and to me, the number one guy is Traquan Smith. Um, he's going, he's going late. He's going 15th, 16th round in these, in these, uh, at least in the football guys. Uh, and uh, yeah, 15th round here. And I just think that his, his opportunity is very, very, very good. Right. He's, he's, he might be the number two target there. Um, uh, he, you know, he hasn't had a, the best career up, up to now, but he's shown, he's shown flashes. Uh, he's in a he's in a contract year, um, and people are like the people who are down on Michael Thomas should probably be high, which I'm kind of one of them, should be higher on Traquan Smith. You know, um, Jameis Winston, his strength isn't the short passing game. His strength isn't these slant routes, these little these little timing nuance routes with Michael Thomas that Drew Brees was so successful. At. His strength is dropping back five, seven step drop and using his big arm to sling it down the field. And that's, that, that's Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith has shown the ability to, to, to do that. Um, you know, he had, he has been, been banged up, uh, but I think he's the favorite to be the number two guy there. He's 27 years old. This could be a breakout year for him. Um, you know, obviously Alvin Kamara will get, will get more targets, but if we're talking about dot, we're talking about big, big plays, um, Winston's going to be looking done, down the field. That's just naturally how he is. And Traquan Smith's been going in the 15th round. And he's a guy that I, every time I, I just plan on taking him in like every draft. I think he's one of my highest owned players right now, but he's one of the guys that, that I'm, that, that I'm taking. Well, I think that's a smart idea. And all these guys we might talk about in this category are not too pricey. I, I, I got a guy in mind that's just way less expensive than Traquan Smith. Okay. And that would be Tyron Johnson of the Chargers. Okay. So they're interesting. Like a lot of teams are, I guess, but you know the quarterback can throw it and that they want to. There is new coaching there too, but I would I would expect plenty of passing volume from LA. Keenan Allen, very good. Mike Williams, very good. Not as good as Keenan Allen, but you wonder about injuries, maybe durability if you need it. And their draft pick, Josh Palmer. I don't think was the the player was enough of a college player for me to think that that um, he really rates even to the extent that Eskridge might with Seattle. I just sort of don't know. So you've got Johnson and and Guyton, two guys that flashed a little bit for the Chargers last year, but just not a lot of opportunity. 
And I wonder if as they sort of shape their offense this year, maybe, you know, to throw the ball a lot. You have Eckler, of course, which is also part of their passing game. I, I think there might be a chance that one of those other guys, Johnson or Guyton, has a significant, not, not you know, majorly, but some something of value in best ball if you can get what would the what would the numbers be? You're talking about like the twentieth round or later. Yeah. So some sort of production there. Any anything you get is kind of a win. And I, I think those are both interesting players on a, on a compelling team. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Guyton because that's that's the guy that I've been taking um, in that in that area, right? So you've got Johnson, I've got Guyton, and, and that's one of those situations where I might have to start pivoting off of Guyton too, um, you know, to Johnson just because that's a guy that. Um, in the same range, like you don't know, one of those guys is going to be something, right? Like, like you know, you you brought up Josh Palmer; he could be a guy too, but like, I don't love him either. But I think one of those guys, it's it's the right idea. One of those guys, I think, is going to do something. Is, is going to pop. Mike Williams, who I love, who I'm taking a ton of, uh, but he's always hurt. And even me, even when I take him, I don't. I'm not counting on him for 17 games. I'm counting on him for like 12 games of high of high point points per game total so if you know if you take a guy like mike williams take one of these other charger receivers take one or two of them um especially in a, in a best ball you, you got 28 rounds to take the, to take them so i think it's the right idea for, for sure um and yeah that's that's something that 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 can definitely be, be be done um another guy i've been looking at and again it's 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 kind of in that late and we've we talked about him before um is uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Breida, right? So we've, we've talked about him. I talked about him on your show. He's a late round flyer type that, you know, the Bills don't run the ball a ton, but they but they they brought in Breida to be that speed back, be maybe that third down back that can that, that, that can pop. Um, Singletary hasn't been super healthy in his two years in Buffalo. Um, Moss was banged up last year. Um, they didn't add anything else of note at the running back position. Um, so maybe Brita carves out his own little role and maybe if there's an injury or something, he gets an opportunity and he shows out. So that's a guy I've been taking, especially when, when I do take Moss in the ninth or 10th, 10th round. Um, I'm definitely taking Brita a little later on because I think again, he could, he could pop, um, the bills. I think they're, they're, they're not going to run the ball more, which is great, but they're, but they're looking to be more efficient. And uh, maybe do a couple, couple. If they're going to throw a screen pass, I think it's going to be to, to, to Matt Breida. Um, uh, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, for a running back, I'll give you Daryl Williams of the Chiefs. Yeah, Jarek McKinnon being there is a little bit interesting. I'm somebody who's fallen for that idea before with uh, San Francisco, even with Minnesota. But the injuries have, have piled up. They're giving him a look. He is interesting if he's healthy and, and on the field. Edwards Hilaire, a lot of, uh, you know, the draft capital point. And I think he seems like a popular sort of bounce back uh, idea this year, whether that, you know, is the, his lack of touchdowns last year driving that or just what you got to love. Everybody loves the offense. But Williams has been pretty reliable and he's he's been there through Le'Veon Bell, even maybe LaShawn McCoy the year before that. And he's somebody you know that they trust. So, Maybe depending a little bit on what happens with McKinnon, I think Williams is somebody that you you probably will get some sort of numbers from in a in a best ball draft that you're picking when like in the again in the last few rounds. So I, I like the idea of that player as it gets late. You know, you you might be looking for or everybody else could be looking for the handcuff. You know, Devonte Booker perhaps with the Giants or someone like that. 
but I think Williams is sort of a, a, a player that can give you production here and there throughout the year. Yeah, 100%. That that thing that we just said, that trust factor is such a big deal when it comes to these running backs and getting playing time is, you know, fr- Frank Gore's been around 100 years because the coaches trust him. You know, he's he's probably another coach in these in these meeting rooms, right? So, um, so yeah, having that trust factor, Williams, for sure. Um, he, know, he knows that, that, that system there and kind of a guy like a late round um, – Handcuff, you were talking about a guy that I like is Brian Hill. He's another one going late, late. Sometimes he's not even getting drafted because um, people don't think he's he's the handcuff to to Derrick Henry. And I've just been um, I've been hearing a lot of uh, podcasts and doing a lot of research. And Brian Hill seems to be the guy that best fits the mold as that downhill runner. If Henry were were to go down, you know, Evans is kind of a receiving back there. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think who 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 else is there. Um, I don't know, but that sounds right. Like Hill might be more the if Henry were to miss a game, I'm not sure that's ever happened, but if he right. were to miss a game, you know, first down, who's on the field on first down? Evans is a guy with some potential, but would they use him in a three down role? Maybe not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um sorry, Jeremy McNichols is that other back there, but he's been oh. there. He's he's a scat back. He's done he's done nothing. Um, Brian Hill has had some flashes and yeah, Derek Henry's never been hurt, but he's a guy this year. Like, you know, if he gets banged up, we're going to look back and be like, Oh, of course he's banged up. He had 350, 400 touches last year and 300 touches the year year before. I mean, I know he's a freak. He's huge, but if he does get banged up, uh, you know, word in the street is that Brian Hill would be, uh, that guy. So take him with like your last pick. If you, especially, you know, maybe if you own Derrick Henry or if you don't own him, take him. But if you're looking to handcuff or grab the backup to Derrick Henry, I think it's Brian. So it's, it's Brian Hill. So that's another kind of deep sleeper. So are you taking, as we wrap here, Adam, any time off between now and training camp or Vegas, or do you still keep drafting all the time? Yeah, no, I'm taking time off from the, from the, the football guys. I haven't done one in, I know time off i say it i haven't done one in a, in a week i'm probably gonna wait till if i can i'm gonna wait till the end of, end of july to not do another football guys because like like the guild said the adp stale um you know i'm already i'm already t- 10 deep i don't want to i'm only going to do so 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 many and i, I don't want to take on my shoot on my bullets now so i'll probably do you know i got a couple 35 dollars slow draft um sit, sit in my account i'll probably use those and um but i'm going to use this time to kind of just prep, do a little more research into strength of schedule, do a little more research into the offensive lines and stuff like that, and really get my tiers um, cleaned up and kind of tightened up so that when I go into drafts at the end of July, because August is going to be insane, right? We got the Draft Sharks Invitational, which we'll be announcing very soon. We got the Pros versus Joes, Mike, that you and I are going to be doing together. You know, we've got the Scott Fishbowl coming up here in July. Um, and then the main events start in July and they go all the way through. So, um, I got to tighten my, my my tears up, um, get my views kind of more sculpted in on, on certain players and certain positions and stuff. So I'll probably take it easy on some of these mid-level to high-level stake drafts here in the next in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I got to get your rest. Got to get my rest. All right. <laughs> right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll be back next week. Thanks to the guilds for coming on. Follow him on Twitter or this and this podcast uh, or this show, Deep End FF1. That's right, isn't it? That's right. That's it. Oh, I feel like I should have that memorized by now. Well, I was right. Deep End FF1. For Adam Crowhurst, I'm Mike Shope. See you next week. See you guys.